So recently, SPAC is a thing, huh? Special Purpose Acquisition Companies. Even Jay-Z and Serena Williams have like their own SPACs. What the hell, right? Tennis player, hip-hop singer, not exactly <laughs> a great sign, huh? But the idea is there's a lot of money coming into the market through SPACs. I think there's about $41 billion to $42 billion raised through SPACs already. But it's not a new thing. It's been around for a long time. It's just that recently, there's a lot of money and a lot of deals going through this spec process. So property guru, grab, what have you, right? They're all going through spec listings. But I'm not a big fan of specs. And I'm going to share with you why. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Good morning, everyone. I welcome you to another day with the Financial Coconut. In our podcast, we'll be debunking financial myths, discovering best financial practices, and discussing financial strategies that fits our unique life. You get it. Ultimately, empowering us to create a life we love while managing our finances well. And today, I'm going to spend some time to share with you why I hate specs lah, in general. <laughs> I, uh, long story, long story. But yeah, tune in, tune in, okay? First, I got to put it out there that I am the kind of investor that is a little bit boring, okay? So I'm looking for companies that are fundamentally strong, they have a good business model, they have modes, they have strong cash flow generation, and I can own them for an extended period of time. At least I will want to own them for 10, 20 years. Of course, uh, it does not mean that I just buy and just, you know, dump it there and don't care about it. I generally care about them less these days. <laughs> when I first started investing, I care about them a lot. You know, I'll read quarterly reports and whatever. Nowadays, it's just annual report, <laughs> investor day, and that's about it, right? And in the past, I will have a lot more companies. These days, I'm uh, cutting my portfolio to focus on a few companies that I like, I understand, and I can own for the longer term. Of course, my growth targets are uh, my investment targets are about 15% year on year. That's my personal target that I set for myself. Um, and yes, with that premise, you will understand that I'm not the kind of person that try to go for that next big thing and price in a lot of risk and uncertainty for it. It's not that I don't want group growth companies or I don't want companies that can give me like 10x, 20x. Of course, in my portfolio, some of them are like that. And I believe when I buy some of these companies, I have superior information compared to the market. That means I have been in a particular sector before and I know what's going on. I think the market is not pricing it well. Like maybe recently with China and what have you, I think the market, broadly speaking, is not pricing it very fairly. So I would want to load up on some of these companies uh, given certain time period and situations, right? But Understanding that I'm the boring investor that is just trying to pick good stocks that can give me uh, 15%, that's my target returns year on year, okay? I'm not the sexy person that wants to 10x everything. <laughs> so with that in mind, you should be able to follow my train of thoughts when understanding specs. So specs recently has... Um, come on a rise, okay? A lot of people have specs these days. Tennis players also can have their own spec, okay? And 
And my God, okay, tennis player have their own specs. Huh? Does not mean nobody cares, okay? Even the, the Cathy Wood put money with the tennis player, okay, <laughs> in her specs. So you see a lot of big names going around. Whether or not uh, it's going to be profitable, that's a big question mark going into the future, right? That's the whole idea of profits, man. You buy now, hopefully in the future it goes higher, then you sell it for a profit. Huh? Nobody can fundamentally predict, you know, oh, definitely we have profit and what have you. So... I would say the recent hype around specs is a lot more about big names and big money, um, not so much about fundamentally specs being the next big thing or the best way to list a company and what have you. It's a lot about having big fund managers like Bill Ackman and Cathy Wood putting money and all these celebrities coming in and a lot of big name exits, okay, like Grab, Property Guru and all that jazz. Of course, the people that are very supportive of Specs will paint you this uh, beautiful picture around restaurant brands, okay? Which has Burger King, Wendy's, and all the brands. And it's done by Bill Ackman, okay? So one of the most successful Specs since history. But there's also the other side, right? With Nicola, <laughs> which some people say should be renamed Newton because... <laughs> Because it's an electric truck company that uh, the truck cannot move here, and they actually film, uh, <laughs> they actually film promotion videos along a slope. That's why the truck could move and they could film it, right? So some people say, yeah, maybe you should call it Newton. <laughs> Because gravity, my gravity pulled the, the truck. Okay, anyway, anyway, the idea is different people will take up different examples to try to paint you a picture depending on where they stand. I'm not going to give you very specific examples, but I'm going to just try to walk you through this process of what is a spec, what is it trying to do, what are some of the main characteristics, and why do I hate it because of that. Okay, so for everyone that has not done any research on specs at all, specs essentially are listed companies, okay? So they are listed companies and they don't have anything when they list on the exchange. So it's essentially a shell or some people will call it a blank check company. They will list the company, they will pay all the fees that needs to be paid to list this company on a particular exchange. Uh, why this process? Probably it's because it's much easier because there's not a lot of things inside. Essentially, they've got nothing inside, right? So <laughs> So when they got nothing inside, it's very easy to list the company. There's no complicated auditing fees and uh, all the things in between. Essentially, that is the idea. You list a shell and with this shell, you sell shares of it to raise capital. Right? So you're essentially buying nothing. Okay, so someone raise a flag and say, okay, we're going to do this spec. And then you buy into that spec and the spec got nothing inside. Huh? You're just putting money uh, to that person or the, what we call sponsor. So the person or the company that starts this spec is called the sponsor and you are putting money with the sponsor. There's nothing in this company. You're just putting capital with them. They will take the capital and go on a purchasing process. So they will go and buy the different companies that they want to buy and that's called a merger process. Okay? So essentially, there are a few parties here. Number one is the sponsor, the person that started the spec. Number two are investors like you that put money with the sponsor without knowing what's going on, uh, without knowing what's inside. Okay, I will share with you more later. Okay, And the third party is the merger company. So the company that like Grab, like Property Guru, that wants to merge with these specs, they will sell their companies to the specs uh, on a merger structure, right? So then these companies will then be put into the spec and be rebranded as the new company, okay? <laughs> so there's a lot of things online that tells you that oh, maybe this is a more efficient method. Um, it's cheaper, easier, faster to list, a more efficient process. Of course, the other side will tell you like, oh, you know, it's not being checked. There's uh, a lot of, essentially a backdoor process, less stringent, whatever you, right? So so once again, like, it's a two sides saying, <laughs> saying their, their viewpoint. But what are some of the features in specs? Okay, so we've established the parties in the spec. What are some of the features? In this spec arrangement, you put money with a sponsor and there's actually a time period. 
on average about 24 months. Okay, 24 months. Within this 24 months arrangement, your money is split with the sponsor through owning this spec. So you buy the, the spec shares, right? And then the capital will be put with the sponsor. The sponsor will take the money to go and buy whatever company they want to merge. So you put your money there. In 24 months, they have to merge. If they don't merge, they'll pay you back your capital in full. Okay, that's the understanding. They'll pay you capital in full and supposedly you have not lost anything. But actually, you've lost opportunity costs. Huh? Two years, okay, 24 months, on average, you can garner uh, 8%, 10% post fees, whatever you, okay? And if you buy certain companies that are good and strong, maybe 10, 15% year on year. So you opportunity cost, you already lost some money. Yeah? So, but that's not, that's not my, my point. Okay, that's a random, random blurt. Okay? So 24 months is the process. The next point uh, bothers me a little bit more. 20% of the final asset valuation goes to the sponsor. So if in the property guru deal, the whole company at the end from the spec uh, is going to be worth 1.87 billion. The sponsor, that means the person that made this whole thing happen, takes 20% of that. So they're going to take 20%, a uh, few hundred million for completing this deal. Okay, so some people will say, you know, this is a more expensive process. Some people say this is a cheaper process, but it really depends on how big is the deal and uh, what is the kind of complexity if they went to an IPO process. Okay, so either way, the idea is the sponsor gets 20% if they successfully list and merge the company. Okay, that's that. Of course, uh, there's uh, another feature called a warren, which means uh, as an investor, as an early investor, if the spec ultimately performs very well after the merger and this listing, you have some sort of uh, warren. It's a structure, it's a derivative where you have the rights to purchase future equity at today's price or at the price that is agreed within the contract. Okay, so these are a few features. 24 months holding period. They assure you that it will be merged. If not, they will pay you back the money. 20% of the final asset goes to the sponsor of the spec. And you as an early investor, you get a warrant to buy more shares at today's price or at a little bit above today's price, assuming that uh, the spec does very well into the future. So these are some of the features. And now that you know the features, um, there are a lot of big name articles I will not name drop. And you also know my investment strategy or my investment style. I'm going to give you my first point as to why I hate a spec. Okay? I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> Number one is... This is like a Pandora box, uh, okay, <laughs> with, with extremely vague criterias. All these specs actually have S1s, okay? They have to list on the exchange, so they need to release this report called an S1. So if you want to go and find out about a spec, you type the name of the spec in Google, you put S1 behind, it will pop up, okay? So in the S1, there's always the things of like why we do this, the marketing, our history, our management, blah, blah, blah. All those things are marketing. Just go and look at acquisition criteria. Huh? <laughs> go and look at acquisition criteria. And let me, let me uh, read out a few for you. So Pershing Square, Tontine Holdings, which is done by Bill Eggman, supposedly one of the most successful uh, spec per sponsor. And he has listed a pretty successful specs like we've said you know, before. And so he's not shy to flaunt that. And he has currently one of the biggest spec in the market, if not the biggest but let me read to you our acquisition criteria, okay? So, <laughs> we will seek to acquire companies that have the following characteristics. Simple, predictable, and free cash flow generative. Formidable barriers to entry. Limited exposure to extrinsic factors that cannot control. Strong balance sheet. Minimal capital market dependencies. Large capitalization. Attractive valuations. Exceptional management and governance. This sounds like every single company that I buy. 
It sounds like every single company that I want to own, I will want it to meet such a criteria. Okay, but anyway, anyway, okay, it's fine, it's fine. Okay, vague, uh, very vague, but let me read you another one. Okay, another one. Huh? Okay, let me read you another one. So this is Altimeter Growth Corp. Uh, another very, very big spec. Okay, so what is their investment criteria? Large and growing total addressable market. Differentiated architecture. Multi-year compounders. Formidable unique economics. Strong management team. Sensible valuations. You know what did they just buy? They bought Grab. So this is the guys behind Grab. Okay, same for... Uh, many other specs out there. Let me read you another one. Okay, just one more. Uh. Bear with me. Okay, so these other spec. Okay, companies with operations or prospectus in the Southeast Asian, South Asian new economy sector. Strong target management teams. Fundamentally sound companies that have potential to further improve their performance under our ownership. Market leader appropriate valuations. You know what is this spec? <laughs> this spec, it's Bridgetown 2 Holdings, which is the spec by Richard Lee, which just announced that they're going to merge with Property Guru. I went through this like two minutes <laughs> or so to read all these different specs, acquisition criteria. They all sound the same, right? Yeah, lah. that's the idea. They all sound the same. <laughs> so that is a very big problem in my view because when you read the prospectus, it does not tell you much. Okay, And uh, I can kind of understand why they don't tell you much because um, the reality is uh, capital is capital. It needs to look for a deal, right? It needs to merge. And if I tell you too specifically what am I merging, you may want to beat me out. Right? So it tends to be that a lot of these companies, a lot of these kind of private wealth, uh, they don't actually tell you who they're going to buy. Okay, And this is quite a private structure, although it's a listed entity. Okay, You're essentially putting your money with a sponsor. You don't know what they're going to do, right? So And you read the criteria, you don't know what they're going to do. So. so to me, right, that is very problematic. Why am I putting my money in a Pandora's box? I'm not even sure what's going to come out of it. <sighs> As an investor that's trying to seek for that 10-15% year-on-year growth, I want to be investing in companies that I understand. I want to know what I'm buying. I am an investor that avoid even IPOs, okay? Because IPOs go through a process of bidding. They go through a hype process of trying to like sell it at as high a price as possible and then they exit into the public market. So within the first year, I will avoid buying the companies to just kind of see what management is doing, how are they managing their investors and all that jazz because it's not exactly easy to list from a private company to go into a public company and all continue to operate well in the public environment because more investors are here to scrutinize you. There's a lot of pressure in management and all that jazz. So as a person that avoids IPO for their uncertainty, I totally cannot handle this <laughs> because I don't know what I'm buying into. And to me, that is very problematic. And I think for most of us, we can really avoid specs for this. Just, just based on this one thing, I will avoid specs altogether because I don't know what I'm owning. I'm essentially putting my money under the name of someone that is famous and did some good things before, hoping that he will continue, he or she will continue to do good things, uh, buy good companies. So that is a uh, number one big no-no for me. Okay. So yes, point point number two. Okay, enough. Uh, but thanks for hand handling my rent. Okay. Point number two is that the spec listing process has no scrutiny from the public markets. It's unlike IPOs where they go through a process of pre-IPOs and you know going around doing roadshows and have putting out their prospectus and letting everybody read it, everybody to study and understand it before people decide whether they want to buy it or not or how they want to price it. So without that, it is actually fundamentally very weak. 
And I'll talk to you a little bit more about this after a word from our sponsor. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So for a lot of us that have not done private investments before, okay, I have not done it before, but I do have friends in the space you need to understand that private investments are not exactly that simple, okay? Because it is not regulated. There's no SEC, okay, Securities Exchange Commission, to track the data, to know whether is it accurate, whether the company is frauding you. There's no MAS to try to regulate this process. There isn't even a need for them to publish uh, all their numbers and, and criteria and, and what have you. So, in a private investment structure, there's a lot of due diligence that needs to be done. That means as an investor, you need to go and study the ins and outs of the company, what are their accounting practices, what is going on, all and all, before you make a decision. The beauty about the public markets, okay, the beauty about the public markets is that because of market mechanism, there will be people that like this company, there will be people that don't like this company, and they will all price it accordingly. Okay, so a lot of people will be studying this company. They'll give you their thesis, they'll give you their study, they'll give you their information, and there is a governance body to make sure that all these companies abide by a certain accounting practice and also to publicize their data in a fashion that is uh, universally accepted. So to me, that is one of the best things in the public market. Okay, as an investor in the public market, although you don't get that, amazing premium that you can 10x, 100x your money from the private process. Hey, you get this whole governance structure and all these different entities and all these different interest parties from big financials to retail investors to family offices looking at all these companies and putting out their theses to try to understand them and evaluate all the companies. So this process of checking the companies through this listing process and through the market mechanism where everybody can participate and put their ideas, put their price on the companies actually makes it a lot more rigorous as a space. And for public investors, for retail investors like ourselves, it can be very, very beautiful for us because we don't need to do the super, super deep work of digging everything below. We can actually look at investment theses, analyze with some basic ideas that we have, whether it's understanding management modes, do some DCF, simple models, and we don't need to question the numbers of, of the accounts. We don't need to dig deep to know their relationship with other vendors and what have you. Some simple work will already allow us to come up with a decent thesis because of this whole market mechanism and the broader governance structure. But when a company goes through a spec listing, they essentially route away from this whole market process. They don't need to woo investors. They don't need to present investors. They don't need to tell a lot of people a lot of things. They are essentially just selling to a next bigger buyer, which is the spec. So in some ways, it is a private exit into the public market. And I hate it. WeWork, I'm sure high profile, right? WeWork. All the interesting things that came out of WeWork from uh, the Andrew Newman setting up a company to <laughs> do the We company and then like sell it back or lease it to the parent company to make some money off this whole thing. All these things are private arrangement and it, it would not have surfaced without this whole process of public scrutiny. So on top of putting money with a sponsor, 
to potentially invest in a company that I don't know what's going on or I don't know what is the company going to be like, I'm also subjecting myself to this uncertainty of information or this lack of clarity of information because it is essentially a private exit and I hate it. And it is not even that as a retail investor, when you use a spec structure, you will get a good deal. I'm not saying definite, but I'm saying whether will you get a good deal, that is even a question mark. This brings me to point number three, okay? The incentive structure in a spec is not very advantageous to retail investors, okay? The person that benefits the most is the spec sponsor, if you cannot yet tell. If the company goes at 1.87 billion, which is what Property Guru is trying to list at, right? 1.87 billion. What happens is the spec buys Property Guru at $1.87 billion valuation. And this is a quite a classic thing that specs are trying to do. They are trying to suck in all the premium of the IPO process. Because when you IPO a company, let's say it IPOs at $10, it sells to the market at $10, but immediately on the first day of IPO, it goes to $15 or it goes to $18. So there's a 50% increase in the IPO, right? Or 80% increase from the IPO price. And actually, the company does not take that $5 extra or the $8 extra. They only take that $10. Okay, and that's the process of IPO. The market then price it higher because they probably think that the company is good. Of course, the market can price it lower also, okay? But what a lot of specs is trying to do is they also want to make the $5, $8 on top of the $10 the IPO price, okay? So if you think about it, the IPO process is you have this one company that is doing decently well, it wants to raise money, etc. So it package itself, works with the underwriter, works with the banks, talk to all these investors and all the investors come in on the pre-IPO structure, they buy it at a little bit cheaper. Uh, so they will negotiate a price with all these listed companies, right? And the first day, it goes for listing, it goes at $10. That means all these investors that come in, they buy at $10 from these companies, okay? But it goes into the market, the listed market, it goes up $10. And all these investors that buy in at $10, they can make that $5, $8, right? But the company does not make. But in a spec structure, the company wants to make this whole thing. All right? So in that sense, you as an investor of the spec, you are buying this whole company at an even higher price that you would have probably, in the IPO process. You could have bought it at $10 if we went through an IPO process with all this market mechanism trying to evaluate the company. But instead, the spec tries to capture this whole thing and offers to buy at $18. So they buy at a premium or they tend to buy at a premium, in my view. It does not help that there's a lot of market and a lot of specs out there. It will bid up all these private investments. There are only so many big companies that can go through a spec process. Okay? So, with that, you are potentially being sold at a higher premium because the spec wants to capture this whole value and they will pay a higher price for this whole merger, okay? And why is that? So why the spec is okay to do that? Because the spec's incentive structure is 20% of the final merged asset, right? So if you think about it, they have incentive to acquire at a premium and acquire well, you know? So I, I'm not saying that they are definitely out there to... Um, make their money and, you know, um, mess up with the investors and whatever. It's not good for them. But it does put into question whether or not do they actually have the investors' best interest, especially if you're an investor that's trying to buy a company for the long term and not trying to ride this wave with all these guys. And some of you will say that, oh, but at least uh, that's the 24-month return process, right? If you think about it, the last thing the spec wants to do is to return you the money because they will have spent all the marketing money, they will spend all the deal-searching dollars and they make no money out of it. So 
if you think about it, the incentive structure does run the risk of having these guys just randomly buy something. Law. Instead of not buying anything, they will just buy something. Or they will put together a complicated deal with multiple parties and, and what have you. Right? So all the incentive structures do not line up you know, from your retail investor angle. And I don't like it lah, because I don't want to be able to pay the sponsor 20% and give them this whole time of 24 months to try to buy something with very vague criteria. And I don't have a lot of upside lah, in my view lah. Of course, different listings are very subjective. You may end up with uh, very good listings. Somehow, the spec sponsor managed to buy some very good companies because of their good connections. And maybe they found a company that is underappreciated and, and what have you. But just on these few factors alone, I generally will avoid specs. And um, yeah, that is, that is my base case. Like, I hate it. Like. In other words, if you cannot yet tell. Huh? So I'm going to sum up the three pointers uh, of why I hate specs. Okay, Number one is a Pandora box uh, with the very, very vague uh, acquisition criteria. Okay, You go and read all the specs. They all kind of sound the same. One. All big jargons. They cannot tell you exactly what they're going to buy. You don't know. So you're essentially putting money with the sponsor, hoping that they buy something good. Point number two is that there is no public scrutiny of this listing process. It is unlike an IPO. And the beauty of being in the public market is that there's proper governance and there's all these market participants evaluating the company and deciding what is a good price for it, right? So without that, essentially a spec is quite like a private listing. And because it is a private business process, a private investor process, I don't really like it. Lah. For I think most public investors, most retail investors will struggle with this. And point number three is the incentive structure for the spec is uh, leaning towards the sponsor, not so much towards the investor. With 24 months time period and 20% of the final asset price goes to the sponsor, I think the incentive structure is kind of wonky. Lah. So as a retail investor, I will avoid specs. Maybe you will find a few good specs, I don't know. But generally, because of my investment palette, I'm not going to do it and I've presented you my points. So I hope you learned something useful today. See ya. I hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconut. Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated and discussed. Join our community telegram group, follow us on our social, sign up for our weekly newsletter. We are doing a weekly newsletter rebooked. We are going to have a lot of information within the newsletter. Everything is in the description below. And if you love us and want to help us grow, definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials. Also, if you have any interesting thoughts you want to share or you know someone that we would like to hear from, reach out to us through help at thefinancialcoconut.com With that, have a great day ahead Stay tuned next week And always remember Personal finance can be chill, clear And sustainable for all Okay, so yeah, that's for specs um, Why I decided not to go down the whole data path, right? Because everybody will throw you Different set of data, lah, essentially <laughs> So they will tell you, you know, historically certain specs do better. They will also tell you historically, you know, uh, most specs don't do so well. It's not that difficult to find the data. But I really want to study it from a company structure viewpoint. Right? So from a structure process standpoint, um, I don't like it. Right? It's, I'm, I'm buying a mystery Pandora box. You know, that there's no market process. Uh, incentive structure is kind of weird. And just based on all these things, I think it's not something that I want to purchase. Lah. Um, sorry if I did not give you a very specific numerical value as to how to evaluate specs and, and what have you because the, uh, a spec is just a shell. <laughs>
there's nothing re really in it to, to evaluate from a business standpoint. But yes, that is it for today. I hope you learned something useful. If you have any specific uh, listings that you want us to look at, even though I'm not a big fan of IPOs, I am looking at some IPOs. I always look at some of them. I do not buy them straight away, but they will be my observation list. And I'll share with you uh, three of them down the road. Lah. Uh, if you have any specific companies that are getting listed or uh, that you think will be interesting for us to discuss, definitely come to our Telegram group. You know, talk to us about it. Uh, and let us know, lah, right? So we can continue to learn together. Next week, I'm going to talk a little bit about CPF, right? So I think CPF is a topic that a lot of people have been asking for. And I want to share with you my thoughts about CPF. Uh, we're doing two, two topics, right? So next week will be about optimizing your CPF. I'm not the most fashionable content creator in this space. There are already a lot of people that wrote a lot of blogs and I've read a lot of them. Uh, so I'm going to share with you what I think are the best and uh, a little bit of add-on from my perspective, which I think is uh, under-discussed and under-developed. So i see you next week. Take care. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 